Today, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation. While preparing to help a scientist complete his life's work, the Enterprise computers fall into chaos. The cause? Wesley's science experiment. But can the crew of the Enterprise contain young Crusher's work before the ship is lost? From September 21st, 1989, it's season three, episode one, Evolution, or Science Fair from Hell. <laughs> I'm Cam, that's Dan, and we are both praying that we don't turn into old white guys whose opinions matter more than anything else happening around us, like this guy. <laughs> don't you look into my feelings this is the most boomer character ever <laughs> i recall baseball games in my head people don't yeah. have patience anymore my thing is the most important thing i don't understand this thing i'm gonna kill it <laughs> i'm gonna murder it and then be really be really offended when it comes back and tries to kick my ass i'm so sorry that you got mad when i killed a bunch of your people <laughs> this is this is basically shit. his audition tape to play bob kelso on scrubs it's the oh, same character it is the same character <laughs> which is great but also no <laughs> works great in a comedy does not work so so much so in a uh, utopian drama it does not it just, it definitely seems out of place. Mm -hmm. I like you because you're smart, but basically you remind me of me. Yep. Look at you. You gratify my ego. You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you are? Great in relation to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I appreciate about you? How much you're like me. <laughs> okay, Boomer. <laughs> Fucking boomers. All right, read the thing, you practically Xer. Mm -mm. I know, you're hardcore millennial. I am right in the middle. Yeah, because, I mean, let's be honest, Xers are the Karen generation, so. They are the Karen generation. Ugh. God damn it. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, it feels like somebody just flushed my hope down the toilet. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yup laugh cry on start at 43125.8 the Enterprise approaches the Cavus Alpha binary star system to perform astrophysics research under the guidance of Dr. Paul Stubbs played by Ken Jenkins I would say beautifully but I can't he has constructed a device to monitor the, the decay of neutronium that results from a stellar explosion that occurs every 196 years, which, and which is due to occur within the next few hours. Stubb plans to launch a probe containing his device, the egg, to gather the data, a result of a lifetime's development. God, I mean, even that's the most boomer thing ever. I'm going to devote my entire life to something that has very little significance to the rest of what's happening. But I'm important. Cosmic, 
but <laughs> it's the most important thing. Meanwhile, Dr. Crusher has casually returned to her duties on the Enterprise after a stint at Starfleet Medical, and our beloved Pulaski is gone. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about it more than anything. Yeah. Um, at the expected time of the stellar explosion, the ship malfunctions in odd ways, and the issue is traced to the computer core. Acting Ensign Wesley Crusher, who has been working on a project involving microscopic nanites as well as hair gel feathering techniques, <laughs> realizes that he... <laughs> realizes that he may have inadvertently let two nanites from his experiments loose. Guinan is her BAMF self and confess and uh, convinces the little ass to fess up. The nanites... <laughs> yes? No, yeah, no, you're right. I'm nodding in agreement. Okay. The nanites were programmed to find a way to work together and evolve. A scan of the computer core reveals that the nanites have developed a way of replicating themselves and lots of microscopic fucking has taken place, as there is a whole herd now in residence in the computer core. With computer controls unreliable, the crew and Dr. Stubbs attempts to see if they can remove the nanites from the core become silly. Uh, Dr. Stubbs, <laughs> losing patience, shoots the core with a burst of gamma radiation, destroying a large number of the nanites. They retaliate by flooding the bridge with nitrogen dioxide, which the crew overrides. Dr. Stubb is then confined to quarters, but the nanites attempt to further revenge him by shocking him with a righteous bolt of tiny rage. <laughs> Captain Picard <laughs> prepares to flood the computer core with gamma radiation to remove the nanites completely, but Data establishes communication and allows him them to use his body to speak with Picard. Picard realizes that the nanites are self-aware and conscious and took Dr. Stubb's actions as hostile, but that they want peace. Picard negotiates a deal to send the nanites to Cavus Alpha 4, designating it their homeworld. The nanites agree and repair the damage to the computer core before they leave it. Dr. Stubbs launches his probe, collects numerous volumes of data, and Ensign Crusher, who feels responsible for the incident, is counseled by his mother. Both of them realize that he is growing up, and also that they haven't really talked for like a goddamn year, which makes things really awkward. And so ends evolution. <laughs> that face, Daniel. Cameron. Yes, Dan. As the only person I know with like a really great relationship with their mother. Yeah. That's not true. I know, I know several people with good relationships with their mother and even a few really great ones. But uh, when you were 17. <laughs> when I was 17? Yeah, it was a very good year. Um, it was. <laughs> I drank some very good beer. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a very good year. Um, <laughs> how closely did you discuss everything that was going on in your life with your mother when you were 17? I mean... Basically, we discussed everything. And I mean, we still do. The only thing we avoid, like the plague, is talks of fucking. But that's fair. I would hope that most people avoid talks of fucking with their parents. Um, and since I wasn't fucking anyone at the time when I was 17, I, you know, it was pretty much an open book. And it was honestly incredibly helpful to have someone who knew me and knew where I had come from and understood what I was dealing with on a spiritual level 
it was it was really helpful to have someone like that by my side. Of course, my mom didn't take off for a fucking year. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and then come back all of a sudden. Yeah. And especially without revealing to you who your father really was before taking I off. I know. They've both had so many options. So many opportunities to just set the record straight. But uh, here we are. Here we find ourselves in the middle of a, a coming-of-age story for any young wonderkin. It's true. Mm. <laughs> Who didn't try to do something different with their hair when they were 17 and hoped nobody noticed, but also hoped everyone noticed? Yep. And were secretly, secretly saying, oh, God, that's so great. Yeah. yeah no. No. He looks like Rue McClanahan. <laughs> I was gonna say he looks like a he looks like a back de- uh, background grease lightning dancer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His younger do was definitely it definitely held up better in contemporary eyes. But I mean, God, it was so hip at the time, so fucking hip. It does seem like he's trying a little bit to look like Daddy Riker, though. Mm, mm-hmm. Similar kind of slick backness. And I mean, who isn't? But, Dan, that brings us to the most important thing. Welcome to New Uniform Central. Thank you. I was like, ooh, mock collars, <laughs> separate pieces. Is it just the new intro and better camera work and lighting, or does everyone look great? <laughs> they look fantastic. And you can see the debut of Troy's green dress. <laughs> yeah. Very, very good-looking outfits all around. We do have a major costume malfunction in the next episode, but... um, Boy, do we. Boy, do we. (laughs) But these uh, these new uniforms are schnazze, looking great. I I especially like the extra stitching down the chest. Gives it a little more structure, a little more shape. Yeah, it's... They're great. This is... This is the pinnacle next generation uniform. Yeah. Yep. This is peak next gen. Yep. Also, Gates McFadden looks amazing. She always does. And I mean, you know, I joke that she was gone for a year, but it's not her fault. I'm happy she's back. I just I just miss Pulaski. You know what? And I like her haircut. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I like her haircut. I like that she's like, ooh, new uniforms, fun. Still going to wear a house sweater over it, but thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, who doesn't want to wear a house sweater? Right. I I feel like... I wore one at Best Buy. McCoy would have been much more approachable and less gruff if he'd had a house sweater on. You're goddamn right he would have. (laughs) Yeah. No one needs a lab coat. It's the 23rd fucking century. Like, they don't don't need that shit. But a house sweater will never go out of style. No. No. And it just makes you feel so warm and cozy. Right? I'm watching this episode and I'm like, mm, I want some tea with lemon. <laughs> Did you have some? I didn't. No. Instead, I drank port wine and my wife went, is this still the same episode? <laughs> <laughs> so, Cameron. Huzzah. What did you love about this episode? Well, we've already talked a bit about it. I love the new uniforms. I love... The fact that Guinan's back and being a badass. I love, I mean, I honestly, for a Wesley-centric episode, this was a pretty great episode. Um, I really enjoyed the plot. I, 
I thought that Ken Jenkins was despicable. And I mean, I really actually enjoyed his performance. He made me want to punch him. And I, <laughs> I love that Wesley is stretched so thin that he made an egregious error like this and has to fess up and that, you know, it ends up not being that big of a deal. I'd like to think because everyone's like, it's because of your hair. <laughs> but uh, I honestly find the plot of, you know, machines gaining sentience should just never tire for me. I, I really enjoy it. And I love the Crushers back. What about you, Dan? What did you love? I uh, also loved the idea of a machine gaining sentience and having to grapple with a whole new form of life. I really enjoyed some added production value as well. We That's got true. some great, great, amazing special effects. Like the the... Uh, the dual stars look fantastic the time we spent in the shuttle bay was great I love that there was a big plaque that said uh, you know warning or caution variable gravity area yeah yeah classic Um, I would like underwear that says that across the butt (laughs) Uh, well, I'll see what I can do. Um, I lament and bemoan the loss of Pulaski, but I am happy to see Beverly return. Um, I like seeing everybody back at it again in their snazzy new uniforms, like we've discussed. I really enjoyed seeing a crotchety, terrible asshole of a scientist on board to pursue a very specific and finite scientific endeavor and to have the 17-year-old kid's science fair project be more impressive and relevant to the episode. (laughs) They called me a wonderkin. I just created life, you old dick. (laughs) Like... The proportionality is just totally skewed. He's wanting to observe something with a probe. That's his life's work. I want to get data from this event that has nothing to do with me. Wesley's like, I just casually created a new form of life. No big deal. (laughs) Like, the fact that nobody wrestles with that in this episode is kind of a failing and a disappointment, but I personally enjoyed watching the disparity between their pursuits. Like Wesley's like, yeah, I pulled an all nighter and created this new thing. And he's like, I've just been waiting for this to show up for however many years. So I'm here. I did my part. (laughs) Yeah. You know what people are going to give a fuck about (laughs) the decay of neutronium. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, they will, when they live on a, a, a new, a neutrono sphere, then, then they'll they'll care deeply. Yeah. I, I mean, to be fair, I was once told by one of my professors that when you become a doctor of something, you are supposed to be the leading expert in the world on that subject. So, hmm. I mean, I guess, I guess if you want to be the leading expert of neutronium, 
and its decay as far as binary star systems go, then good for you. But it sounds like a waste of time to me. Yeah, this is a pretty good argument against the intellectual elite. (laughs) (laughs) This right here is why we, this is why we need to defund all, all higher education. This is proof. Oh, good. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Uh, this is what they're doing with our taxpayers' dollars, Cameron. This is what they're doing. This, they are just getting you to fund these crazy neutrino star experiments can you, with can their you goddamn eggs. And put your MAGA boomer away. I, I've had enough of that in this episode. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is why we gotta have some gut-wrenching reforms get these liberals from indoctrinating our young jumpsuit wearing men and women from caring too much about science i am so glad that you are an expert in this oh, field yep 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 yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and how did you get there you is know, it feelings did feelings get you here no i did my own independent research online yeah and what did those websites include info dot leftistconspiracy dot org that'll tell you everything you need to know Cameron it's all right there in black and white it's all right I there. know this is it's all right there I know this is fairly leftist of me but did it include any sources sources data validation data I told you I don't like those hippies including that Android data <laughs> Well, thank you for leading me to the conclusion that you did actually get here for feelings. I appreciate it. <laughs> feelings? I ain't got none of them. Those are for my dumb grandkids and their and their emotions about things. Well, well, MAGA Boomer, I'm going to tell you something that I've wanted to tell you all for a very long time. What's that, you snowflake? <laughs> From the deepest depths of my soul, go fuck yourself. And then you defeated him. Good job, Cameron. (laughs) He's still there. (laughs) He's in this episode. Cameron, what didn't you like about this episode? Ugh. I mean... It was very effective for me. It did everything that it was supposed to, but God damn it, did I hate Dr. Paul Stubbs and his everything. I hated everything about him. I just, <laughs> Jesus Christ on a cracker. I also hated the weird, um, I mean, I guess, I guess it was fine. It was the 80s and parental relationships were still portrayed like it was 1965. But I hated Dr. Crusher trying to meddle in Wesley's life and them having needless fights instead of what would actually be happening, which is, I mean, if they were as close as they seemed to be in season one, it would have been like, tell me everything. And they would have spent a great majority of their off hours in 10 forward drinking and swapping stories. Yeah. He wouldn't be worth Gates McFadden. I mean, (laughs) Gates McFadden for sure but Beverly Crusher would not be worried about who her son is dating she was there when the traveler was there she knows she knows she knows also have they just not talked for a year because that's kind of how this makes it seem is like it seems like it I, I dated long distance for 
two years. Um, I married that woman. We talked a lot. I feel like you could still talk. Well, I mean, how, okay. To, to tie this in, how often do you talk to your parents? Like when you're on good terms, <laughs> how often do you talk to them? When I was 17? No, right now. Oh, right now? Now, eh, once a week. I think that's fair. And when you were 17? Oh, never. They don't understand anything, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> but you lived with them, correct? Yeah. So it was every day. <clears throat> I guess. Well, I would like to think that, you know, Wesley is slightly more mature as as far as teenage angst. Since the only angst that he feels that we've established is for the Traveler, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that they would have at least talked once a week. But this does make it seem like they didn't talk for a year. And it's not like they have, it's not like they can't make a call. It's not like you can't literally see the person's face. Mm-hmm. It's not like they have to save up on minutes or can't send a text message. So my question is, was he still living in their quarters unaccompanied and just like throwing ragers all the time or just nerding out on science being like, no one can tell me to go to bed. I'm going to stay up till two or three in the morning working on science like a cool guy. Probably that one. Ugh, Wesley, you're so lame. (laughs) Well, I mean, to be fair, he did just create life. Yeah, a lot of teenagers do that. Kind of ruins their entire (laughs) rest of their life. Are you speaking in res- are you speaking in regards to pregnancy or the sheer amount of semen on their pillows? A little column A, a little column B. <laughs> Cameron, this episode is a triumphant return to the third season with bold new special effects, wonderful high-end production values, great camera work, brilliant lighting, and a character who just needs to be pushed out an airlock. I am beginning to see some things take shape. I feel like this show's kind of becoming what it is. It took three seasons, but for a show that goes on for seven, that's that's just fine. Recently, rewatching uh, a show with my wife, and the third season, I was like, oh, here's the show I remember. Like, I get it. It gets there. So I'm, I'm really glad to see what this is becoming. I'm glad you're glad to see, because it is, I mean, <clears throat> the general rule, especially in these mid-three, which is TNG, DS9, and Voyager, the rule is the first two seasons are a little rough, you have to power through, but then it gets good. There you go. And it's not that there wasn't good stuff in there. There mm-hmm. was. There definitely was. I mean, I had already fallen in love with these characters, well within season one. But we get to see them do some truly incredible things. Moving on. And I can't wait for you to see too. Me too. Me too. I think I think we're we're coming along nicely. We just need a little I don't want to say higher stakes. Just different stakes. Just stakes of a of a kind. I don't know. Just not uh the stakes being some asshole's life work. Like, yes, that's sad. Definitely is like the kind of thing that a writer would come up with. You know what I mean? Like, but this (laughs) is... My life's work. (laughs) Tough shit. (laughs) 
<laughs> Moving on. I guess I guess pick better life's work. Yeah. Dr. McCoy lived to be 135. You're 60. You got you got another lifetime. You're good. Exactly. You're not even halfway there. Plus, in a post-scarcity society, there's no point in retirement. Like your needs nope. are met all the time, right? So it's fine. Just don't yeah, get assimilated just, by the Borg and you'll be fine. You can just keep doing what you love. Mm-hmm. Whatever that might be. Drinking at 10 forward, but yes. <laughs> Hanging out with Gaiden. I mean, mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> O'Malley. Sorry. O'Brien, I need you to beam all the alcohol out of my bloodstream. <laughs> <laughs> now that I can do. <laughs> uh. Well, shall we quote this thing? Let's quote it. You're de facto Beverly. I want you to know that. (laughs) Okay. But you got to give me something. You got to give me your best, your best Beverly. My best gates? Okay. Well, let me hop on my unicycle and get to it. Um... What were you doing when you were 17? Probably getting into more trouble than Wesley, I can assure you. So was I. Isn't that what 17's supposed to be? God, I wish my mom was like that. She was like, <laughs> uh, you're, not, you're not out there railing enough chicks and doing enough drugs. <laughs> I know, Mom. Seriously, what are you, a loser? Go, go get laid. Go steal a car. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm worried that my son's not trying enough drugs. Joke's on you, Mom. I finally did mushrooms last weekend. Woo! Yeah. Surrounded by the gays. (laughs) What else can you ask for? (laughs) Nothing. That sounds like a perfect, perfect evening. See? Now that is healthy for a boy his age. I mean that as a doctor and not just his mother. Uh, It is good to see him having fun for a change with an attractive young woman who obviously looks at him with extraordinary affection. What do you know about this girl? A mother shapes her child in ways she doesn't even realize, sometimes by just listening. <laughs> Excellent. Mm-hmm. It's so good to have it's so good to have Gannon back. You know what? It's good to be back. And for once without Joy Behar. <laughs> <laughs> Always. You are very strange-looking creatures. In our travels, we've encountered many other creatures, perhaps even stranger-looking than ourselves. Mm -mm. Dr. Stubbs, if you were a member of my crew, I would... But I am not a member of your crew, sir. I am a representative of the highest command of the Federation, which has directed you to perform my experiment. (laughs) (laughs) If any man, woman, or child on this ship is harmed as a result of your experiment, I will have your head before the highest command in the Federation. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. It is conceivable that he was viewing a synthetically generated image, sir. Then our computers... What? God damn it. Then our (laughs) computer was daydreaming, said Riker. (laughs) Oh, I got it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Computer, identify malfunction immediately. Pawn to Bishop 4, Knight to King's Rook 3, Bishop to Queen's Bishop 4, Knight to Knight 5. That's enough, Magil! 
<laughs> you will never come up against a greater adversary than your own potential, my young friend. He's gross. <laughs> he is gross. It's just a science project. You know, a doctor friend once said the same thing to me. Frankenstein was his name. It's a fictional character. Fictional character that she's claiming to talk to her. Well. Wes, do you think you're going to get a good grade? I always get an A. So did Dr. Frankenstein. I... Are they trying to imply that she's super old and was on Earth and hung out with Mary Shelley? Come on. Come on. Yeah. Yes, they are. Terrible. But I guess we'll just have to wait until season six to see. Season six? I got to wait till season six? I don't know if I can put up with that. Yes, you can. Go. No. All right. Dr. Stubbs. Dr. Stubbs, I know how much this means to you. My dear counselor, no insult intended, but please turn off your beam into my soul. I don't like feelings. Your self-portrait is so practiced, so polished. Yes, isn't it though? It's stretched so tight, the tension fills this room. And if you finally fail, I fear it will snap. A good try, counselor. But sometimes when you reach beneath a man's self-portrait, as you so eloquently put it, deep down inside, what you find is nothing at all. Right? Yeah. I'm not sure I'd want my mother to be flying through space with me. No, I take it back. I am sure I wouldn't want her because I'm a fucking asshole. Good lord, you are talking about machines with a screw loose. Simply turn them off and be done with it. Dr. Stubbs, your own actions have provided evidence to the contrary. When you destroyed the nanites in the core, they responded by interfering with our life support systems. It is difficult to accept these as random actions by machines with loose screws. Once, centuries ago, I was a beloved national... Oh, oh, uh, it was a beloved national pastime uh. in the Americas, Wesley. Let's, let's take it again. Yeah, just, sure? just, just take it again. Sure? I think, I think, I. you know what? Take two is going to be the one for you, buddy. Well, thanks, pal. I appreciate the feedback. <laughs> Once, centuries ago, it was a beloved national pastime of the Americas, Wesley. Abandoned by society that prized fast food and faster games. Lost to impatience. But I have seen the great players make the great plays. Do you recreate them on the holodeck? No, in here. With knowledge of statistics, runs, hits, and errors, times and bats, box scores. Men like us do not need holodecks, Wesley. I have played seasons in my mind. It was a reward to myself for patience, knowing my turn would come. Call your shot. Point to a star. One great blast and a crowd rises. A brand new era in astrophysics. Postponed 196 years on account of rain. Ah. You know, it was actually a pretty good monologue. It was. And he did deliver quite well. Not quite as insanely as you just put it, but I, <laughs> I prefer your reading, if I'm honest. I'm, I'm just doing sheer subtext. That's There you go. 
That's what Stubbs needs is sheer subtext on the on the <laughs> on the surface, just straight up visible, like Anna and the King in the revival of The King and I, where they rewrote everything with "Shall we boink?" You know that kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shall we? Shall we boink? Shall uh, we play all the subtext on the top? Let's do it. Dr. Stubbs, if you would like to make one final inspection of the unit. Captain, I have been expecting the inspecting the egg for the last 20 years. You may lay it when ready. <laughs> now he just sounds like the penguin from the Adam West Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Come along, Wesley. Let's see if Humpty Dumpty is still in one piece. Well, if we did not leave in time, so be it. It's one sure way into the record books, eh? Why would they attack us? Why does a mosquito bite your ear? And who cares? The answer is simple. Call an exterminator. God, how removed are they from pests in the 23rd century that they think we call exterminators for mosquitoes? Come on. Yeah, I mean, it is... Fairly obvious that they have no idea what they're talking about. Mm. Ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Ah, Cameron, Cameron, Cameron. How many delusional baby boomers would you give this episode? (laughs) You know, I'd give it three. Oh shit, I forgot to mention that Jordy is Lieutenant Commander. He got promoted. We didn't get to see it. But it's really important. He's Lieutenant Commander now. Did they refer to him as Lieutenant Commander? No, but you can see on his pips. <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> the same rank as Data. <laughs> okay. I'm Come glad. on now. Okay. All, right, anyway. all right. All right. I just. I would give it three and a half <laughs> delusional baby boomers. All right. I'd I'd give it two and a half delusional baby boomers. So that's yeah, which is that's about what it know, deserves. It's enough to make a social club. <laughs> No, not three and a half. Three. I said three originally, and that's what I meant. Not three and a half. All right. I stand by two and a half. That's fair. But yeah, just enough to make a social club. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> Oi, Cameron, if we're ever that obnoxious when we're old, well, that means that we're old. Old people just suck. <laughs> not always, but most of the time. Mm-hmm. The bravest thing that we can do is just accept that one day we're going to be terrible (laughs) or in my case more terrible it's true it's true you're definitely going to be the worst off oh cameron my kids will try and pull the plug while i am conscious alive and not on life support (laughs) i keep hearing about these kids but i haven't seen them yet neither have i they're just that terrifying twinkle in my eye you know the one that looks like a soulless dementor so we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it. That just leaves one last thing to do. That's very true. And that's for me to wish you all to not just have a great week, but to make it so. Keep on trekking. Salud. Salud. A good Romulan ale. Mm, indeed. If only. Apparently that shit's so strong that not even Scotty can handle it. their empire? hmm <laughs> No, Dan, that was a supernova. You know that. Yeah, yeah. I don't... 
I don't got your fancy CBS All Access. I don't know nothing about no fall of the Romulan Empire. You saw Chris Pine ask Captain James T. Kirk, so don't give me none of that shit. That's true. I did see that. Ugh. Plus, a Hemsworth as his father. It's just too. It's just too many beautiful blue-eyed blonde men. I just, I can't. Well, and I mean that Kirk and Spock. It's like, oh my god, Oof. just. Just, please, please, just right destroy here, each right other now. on set. Like I just, I just, yeah. And then they, they're like, you know what? It's just not thirsty enough for the sequel. Why don't we throw in a Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan? <laughs> Which don't get me wrong, I love me some Ricardo Montebank. I love <laughs> Mr. White Mountain himself, um, but. Yeah, that's just an extra special level of pretty boy goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to... Let's fuck right here, right now. Set phasers to fuck. A Secret Weapon Production.